Well, hello again, and welcome again to another podcast. Down to earth, but heavenly minded. I'm your host, Irv Resch. And uh, we're going to continue on in our reading and waiting on God, a little booklet by Andrew Murray on a devotional. We are on the 28th day, and our theme for this one is for the coming of his son. We talked a little bit about this last week, but uh, we're going to continue on with this theme of waiting on God and uh, looking forward to the uh, coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe he's coming soon, uh, according to what's happening in the world today. Well, let's start our uh, let's start our, our audio. Twenty eighth day, waiting on God for the coming of His Son. Be ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord. Luke chapter twelve verse thirty six. Until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in His own time He shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. First Timothy six verses fourteen and fifteen, Revised Version. Turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven. 1 Thessalonians 1 verses 9 and 10. Waiting on God in heaven, and waiting for his Son from heaven, these two God has joined together, and no man may put them asunder. The waiting on God for his presence and power in daily life will be the only true preparation for waiting for Christ in humility and true holiness. The waiting for Christ coming from heaven to take us to heaven will give the waiting on God its true tone of hopefulness and joy. The Father, who in his own time will reveal his Son from heaven, is the God who, as we wait on him, prepares us for the revelation of his Son. The present life and the coming glory are inseparably connected in God and in us. There is sometimes a danger of separating them. It is always easier to be engaged with the religion of the past or the future than to be faithful in the religion of today. As we look to what God has done in the past, or will do in time to come, the personal claim of present duty and present submission to his working may be escaped. Waiting on God must ever lead to waiting for Christ as the glorious consummation of his work, and waiting for Christ must ever remind us of the duty of waiting upon God. As our only proof that the waiting for Christ is in spirit and in truth. There is such a danger of our being so occupied with the things that are coming more than with him who is to come. There is such scope in the study of coming events for imagination and reason and human ingenuity that nothing but deeply humble waiting on God can save us from mistaking the interest and pleasure of intellectual study for the true love of him and his appearing. All ye that say ye wait for Christ's coming, be sure that you wait on God now. All ye that seek to wait on God now to reveal his Son in you, see to it that ye do so as men waiting for the revelation of his Son from heaven. The hope of that glorious appearing will strengthen you in waiting upon God for what he is to do in you now. The same omnipotent love that is to reveal that glory is working in you even now to fit you for it. The blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour Jesus Christ, is one of the great bonds of union given to God's Church throughout the ages. He shall come to be glorified in his saints, and to be marvelled at in all them that believe. Then we shall all meet, and the unity of the body of Christ be seen in its divine glory. It will be the meeting place and the triumph of divine love. Jesus receiving his own and presenting them to the Father. His own meeting him and worshipping in speechless love that blessed face. His own meeting each other in the ecstasy of God's own love. Let us wait, long for, and love the appearing of our Lord and heavenly Bridegroom. Tender love to him and tender love to each other is the true and only bridal spirit. 
I fear greatly that this is sometimes forgotten. A beloved brother in Holland was speaking about the expectancy of faith being the true sign of the bride. I venture to express a doubt. An unworthy bride, about to be married to a prince, might only be thinking of the position and the riches that she was to receive. The expectancy of faith might be strong, and true love utterly wanting. It is love in the bridal spirit. It is not when we are most occupied with prophetic subjects, but when in humility and love we are clinging close to our Lord and his brethren, that we are in the bride's place. Jesus refuses to accept our love except as it is love to his disciples. Waiting for his coming means waiting for the glorious coming manifestation of the unity of the body, while we seek here to maintain that unity in humility and love. Those who love most are the most ready for his coming. Love to each other is the life and beauty of his bride, the church. And how is this to be brought about? Beloved child of God, if you would learn a right to wait for his son from heaven, live even now waiting on God in heaven. Remember how Jesus lived ever waiting on God. He could do nothing of himself. It was God who perfected his son through suffering and then exalted him. It is God alone who can give you the deep spiritual life of one who is really waiting for his son, wait on God for it. Waiting for Christ himself is, oh, so different from waiting for things that may come to pass. The latter any Christian can do, the former, God must work in you every day by his Holy Spirit. Therefore all you who wait on God, look to him for grace to wait for his Son from heaven in the Spirit which is from heaven. And you who would wait for his Son, wait on God continually to reveal Christ in you. The revelation of Christ in us as it is given to them who wait upon God is the true preparation for the full revelation of Christ in glory. My soul, wait thou only upon God. Well, I don't know where your thoughts were, but my thoughts were on uh, how blessed we really are to understand the scriptures uh, in a way that even the Old Testament prophets did not even understand. You know, there are prophecies, just like that one that we talked about last time, about Christ quoting and saying that that scripture was fulfilled in their hearing that day. He stopped right in the middle of a sentence because the last part of the uh, the uh, scripture that he had quoted was uh, yet future. And you know, I always uh, was told at a young age, uh, or young Christian, I should say, that uh, uh, the prophets, when they seen some of these prophecies, they ran them together, his first and second coming, because they didn't see uh, that... God was talking about two different appearances. They thought it was just one. It's uh, like looking at a mountain range from a distance. Uh, you can see the peaks of the mountains, but you don't realize there might be a valley in between two different mountain ranges. And this, this is true. And that valley is a valley of time between his first coming and his second coming. And uh, I really believe that uh, uh, all the numbers in the Bible really mean something. And uh, I've studied numbers, and uh, I know I don't believe in the old earth. I believe in a new earth. Uh, I don't believe it's millions of years old. Uh, uh, evolution tried to say this is what it was, but uh, they're—it's uh, just man's thoughts, and they're not God's thoughts. But I believe that God had created the world uh, 
in a literal seven days, and I know that there are some that don't believe this, but I'm not here to argue about that. I, I believe that uh, uh, we are in the 6,000th year of uh, creation, uh, and I, I base that on the number of man, which is six. And when God comes to reign, it'll be the 7,000th year. And that's uh, the year of the Lord. And then when we come to the 8,000 after the 1,000-year reign of Christ, 8 is a new number. Even think of our numbering system. Seven days in a week, the eighth day is a new week. And when we go into the eternal state, it'll be a new earth, new heavens, because God will get rid of the old ones and like a person changes garments and throws them away and gets new ones. Well, something to think about. Uh, waiting on the Lord. Uh, waiting, uh, as we talked about last time, we waited for his redemption, and we're waiting now for the coming of his son. Are you waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, like back in Noah's days, Noah preached that there was judgment coming, there was a flood coming, but nobody wanted to believe him. Well, I tell you what, I'm doing the same thing. Uh, I'm a modern-day Noah. Judgment is coming, and God is going to judge this world and all the ungodliness, and he's going to clean it up, and he's going to set up his kingdom, and the world is going to run right. Right now we're moving in the wrong direction. And the whole world is moving in that direction. Not only America, Canada, uh, Australia, uh, all the countries of the world, Africa, uh, New Zealand, you, you name it. All the countries are moving in the wrong direction. And we need one leader, one strong leader. And the Antichrist is going to come and say that he's the one. And people are going to flock to him. But he's not the one. Jesus Christ is the one that'll set up a righteous kingdom. So wait for him and be patient and wait on the Lord. He's coming, my friend, and he's coming soon. The Bible tells me so. And you can find it for yourself. Pick up your Bible and read it. Remember, a while back I told you to read all the letters to the churches in the book of Revelation. Uh, there's a lot in those letters. Read them, study them, think about them, and you'll learn a lot of stuff. Well, with that said, I'm going to leave you. Bye for now. Till next time.